Welcome to the Take Your Apprenticeship podcast. The Take Your Place team is made up of five universities and nine further education colleges from across the east of England. We are an impartial project dedicated to giving you the information you need, regardless of where you are applying to study. Since 2017, we have worked with over 30,000 students from 100 different schools, colleges and sixth forms, helping them to explore their options and discover their potential. Now we hope to help you too. In this podcast, series we will explore all aspects of finding applying for and succeeding in an apprenticeship through talking to experts and current apprentices from a variety of industries we will help you explore your future apprenticeship options my name is kit rackley and my pronouns are they them and i am a nico higher education and apprenticeship champion for take your place this podcast episode marks the start of a series about the green sector Today, we'll be talking to Anna West of the Institute for Apprenticeships and Technical Education. We'll talk about who the Institute is, why they felt the need to set up a green advisory board, how do we know that the green economy is the future, and why young people should take comfort in the future of the job market despite the current pandemic. Enjoy the listen. I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by a very special guest. Hello, Anna. Please do introduce yourselves and uh, the role that you do. Hi, everyone. I'm Anna West. I am the Deputy Director for Apprenticeship Approvals and Funding at the Institute for Apprenticeships and Technical Education. And I'm also leading the Institute's project on environment and sustainability. That's fantastic. And that is the topic close to my heart. So to disclose everybody, I am going to be a bit biased during this podcast. I should be impartial as, a, as someone who works for NICO, but uh, but I have an environmental science background. And as an ex-geography teacher, I am so, so, so looking forward to this discussion because I know, but you're going to tell us a bit later about why the topic of discussion is so important and why young people really, really should be looking into a career in the green sector and in the energy sector and all those kind of myriad of things that connect to it as well. So for the people who don't know, can you just tell us what the Institute for Apprenticeships and Technical Education is? Just give us a very, very quick synopsis of what it actually is. Absolutely. So uh, we are an arm's length body of the Government Department for Education. We were set up about four years ago specifically to develop new apprenticeships. Since then, we've grown and we now also develop T-levels, which are the new technical equivalent to A-levels, uh, and a range of other different types of technical qualifications. So we work really closely with employers to understand what they need from technical education and how we can develop qualifications that help them develop their workforces. Awesome. I went to a conference a few weeks ago. And one of the most interesting parts of that conference was a colleague of yours was talking and said that they are going to be moving forward and they're, they're setting up what's called a, a green advisory board. And that really did excite me for so many reasons as someone who, who wants to promote apprenticeships and someone who has a very, very massive passion in the environment. So why did the organization want to set up a green advisory board? Yeah, so... Um... We have about 600 apprenticeships on offer at the moment across a range of different sectors, lots of different types of opportunities, different levels, uh, different areas where people could get some training. What we thought we were missing was a sort of cross-cutting look at whether the apprenticeship offer that we have at the moment is helping to meet um, the needs of the future green economy, You know, whether there is enough opportunity available for young people or people who are transitioning at a different point in their career to take on jobs which will be part of the sort of 
green economy of the future, which will help the UK meet its carbon targets, which will let people engage with you know, the sort of environmental opportunities which are coming. So um, we thought that what we needed to do was bring together a group of experts, um, our new green apprenticeship advisory panel, to you know, have a look at the apprenticeships we have on offer at the moment and see if there's, you know, there's any gaps, there's any obvious places where we haven't got an apprenticeship in place which would help support those future green economy needs or whether we need to change any of our existing apprenticeships to make sure that they're more equipped so that you know, anyone entering those apprenticeships now will be able to um, will learn the skills of the future and be able to, to do those job roles in the future. So we're really excited about it as well. We've got a fantastic panel on board um, and we've already had the first couple of meetings. And there's so much energy around the subject because, you know, as you know, this year we've got COP26 coming up. There's we have a indeed. lot of energy around it, lots of announcements. So um, I think it's a good time to be doing it. And I think we're, we've got the right people to do it with us. So we're really excited too. It is really, really exciting. And you mentioned that you've got a panel of experts. So our, our, our young people might not know some of the names or anything, but is there any, any one or two people on the advisory board who, in, in the industry anyway, who's got a bit of a star power or could be or is a bit of a well-known voice? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously being biased, I think everyone on the board is fantastic. Of course. <laughs> so the, the chair of our panel, we're really excited to have, uh, to have brought in Judy Ling Wong, who is the president of the Black Environment Network. Nice. Um, which works across um, the, the whole sort of space and uh, you know, has a lot of involvement with young people and communities in particular. Um, we also have representatives from um, the, the Society for the Environment. So the chief executive of the Society for the Environment is on the panel. And we have um, representatives from some sort of organisations that I'm sure will be familiar to everyone, like the Forestry Commission, um, the Environment Agency, as well as kind of specialist consultants and people working in professions which will be particularly affected, uh, like engineering, plumbing, electricity, things like that. So I think that's quite a good spread. Now, I'm actually going to skip to a question I was going to ask you a bit later, because I don't want any young person to switch off now and think, oh, this is not for me <laughs> because... I'm not doing GCSE geography or I'm not doing, you know, uh, A-level geography and environmental science. This is you're saying things like Forestry Commission, Environment, you know, Environment Agency and all that, which which are fantastic. And those get mentioned all the time in the geography syllabus. I know that. So I don't want any young person here to say, well, this is not for me because I'm, I'm not I'm not geography and this is all geography, isn't it? Is that true? Do students have to have good qualifications in geography or even science to do these apprenticeships? Not at all. There's, there's such a range of different uh, occupations, different jobs that people could go into through these apprenticeships. Um, and, the, you know, the, the requirement, future requirement for jobs in the environmental space is absolutely massive. I mean, there are some where a science background would be very useful. Uh, you know, there are some sort of higher level apprenticeships. Uh, for example, we've got a chartered environmental manager apprenticeship. Um, but there are also apprenticeships from sort of GCSE level upwards. Um, the things that we will need in the future range from people who will be able to install smart meters and you know, people who will be able to be, be involved in the recycling industry. Um, there's a huge problem in the building sector at the moment. You know, lots of domestic houses um, have old fashioned heating systems. They all need to be upgraded. Um, there's lots of things that need to be done in the energy space. You know, we're still quite reliant on gas. We need to change all that. So, you know, there's so many different types of opportunities that basically anyone with any background would be able to find something to do in this space. I, I can give a perfect example of that in my personal circumstance. So I, I have solar panels on my roof. I drive an electric car and I am going to get a smart meter installed in my house soon because I cannot have a brand new tariff for my electric car unless I have a smart meter installed. 
So if I'm thinking about all the people involved in my entire home system, so installing the smart meter, so that's the engineer, you know, any electricians that may need to move any bits and bobs around in order to install the smart meter, the people who installed my solar panels, the mechanics that need to work on my car. And I just, you know, and all of this feeds into the green infrastructure. My ex-geography colleague is going to hate me for this, but you don't have to do GCSE, geography, A-level geography, or those kind of sub to access these things because there are other routes around to it. It just so happens you are doing some geography, even if you don't know it. But that's very reassuring to hear because I know that it's not everybody's subject at school, shall we say, even though it's, it's, it's a very interdisciplinary uh, topic. Yeah. With that in mind then, so I just want to go back to the, the preface, so to speak. So how do we actually know that the green economy is the future? What, what's the evidence that that's the case? I mean, from a government perspective, we've, we've set some climate goals. Um, yeah, by 2050, we're expecting that all industries will be net zero carbon. That requires an absolutely enormous shift for a number of industries. I mean, you mentioned electric cars. Take the car industry, for example. Most cars on the roads at the moment are powered by diesel. They're powered by petrol. They use fossil fuels. Um, you know, in order to achieve a transition to net zero for the car market, by 2030, almost all cars on the road will have to be electric or zero emission. You know, that's you can imagine the amount of skills change that you'll need to see yes. to enable that. You know, you need all the engineers who build the cars to have slightly different skills. You need all the people who design the cars to have slightly different skills. You, know, you need to think about the, the way they're powered. So there's an enormous transition that needs to take place. And the economy isn't currently completely equipped to help people develop the skills they will need to make that transition. So we think apprenticeships is a huge part of that because apprenticeships are a great opportunity for people to either um, come in straight from school or from college or wherever they want to come in from and go into a new profession and learn the skills on the job. Or, you know, if people have already been working and they want to do, you know, to try a different type of career, they can use an apprenticeship to enable that career change. So, you know, they provide a fantastic opportunity. The car industry is just one example, but there's, the, the, this transition will have to happen across all sectors. You know, it's, it's not a nice to have, you know, it's, it's essential. We have to make this happen. It does, obviously some industries are particularly affected, but it does affect all industries. You know, it affects the way that people think, the way that they, they're purchasing strategies, you know, the way that they use materials. In, in order to reduce our impact on the climate, we really have to change the way that we think and work. And it's it's also quite economically and consumer driven. Now, for young people who are not quite yeah. sure what they are, so economically, that's that's how you know how the money works around our country and around our system. And consumer, you probably have heard of that before, which is like you know when we go to shops and we buy things, and and you might have heard of consumer choice or consumer power. That's you know the people who buy things like determine what gets sold, the supply and demands. And two things that come into my mind there is well, one is one is renewable energy. The fact is, just by sheer economics it's cheaper to produce a unit of wind power and a unit of uh, solar power, particularly onshore wind, than it is to a unit of fossil fuels now. So naturally, economically, there is a demand for people to work in the renewable energy sector, just naturally, for, regardless yeah. of the climate change argument. And then in terms of consumer attitudes, there is a massive, massive demand now for more ethically sourced goods, particularly ones that, which use the circular economy, so more local produce and things which feed back into the local community which of course reduce, is low carbon because it's local. So it's all being fed by us as well as, as the consumers. So listener, young person and your parents, mum, dad, teacher, whoever, whoever's listening, we are driving this change. You are actually fueling the jobs of the future, the apprenticeships of the future. Anna and I can run off so many facts and figures to you, but trust me, it's, it's unstoppable it, what's happening. And I want to sound positive. You can tell I'm excited by this in my voice. Yeah, <laughs> 
we'd like to take a break just to ask you to help us with some feedback. We aim to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible, so your feedback will be welcome. To do this at your own convenience, please visit tinyurl.com slash tyapod. If you missed that, not to worry, you can find the link in the description. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. to sound positive about this because so many um young people out there are feeling very uncertain about their future you know yeah. the, especially right now with you know we're recording this and we're still we're only just coming out of the third lockdown of coronavirus and so there's there's obviously been a lot of pressure with schooling and people's future and things like that however i think the silver lining with something like coronavirus has that it's accelerated what we call mega trends which is like the big things which we've already talked about which are changing the entire nation's way of working and and thinking so that's digital working like we're talking and we we're recording this over 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 online but virtually so we're not sitting in a room together with, with one microphone but that's going to be here to stay this whole digital remote working or blended blended working is going to be here to stay and obviously we've just talked about you know the green sector the green economy and sustainable working we made a mention of the circular economy so these three things are here to stay uh, coronavirus has been a catalyst for this so this is positive. Why Why do you think, Anna, from your perspective, that young people should take comfort in this rapid change we're seeing now? Yeah, the, the, the coronavirus, the pandemic, the huge shift in the ways of working has triggered employers to think about what they need to do in the future. And one of the things they need to do is make sure they have the, the skills that they will need uh, and the roles that they will need to operate in a future world. Uh, from a green economy perspective, there's huge skills gaps. You know, we don't have the skills that we need yet to do some of the things that we will need to do in the future. We, you know, we, we don't have the skills pipeline to make sure that all cars can become uh, zero emission in, in 2030. So a huge amount of different new jobs are coming online. And I think yeah, you know, it's probably worth saying that we've heard directly from our apprentice panel. Uh, we have a panel of apprentices here at the Institute who represent some of the different sectors. What they hear from their, their fellow apprentices is that you know, it's becoming more and more important for people who are taking on new jobs to, ha- to feel like you know they're making a contribution to the world, to make it, to feel like they're making an ethical contribution, that they're involved in something bigger than themselves, and the kind of jobs that are coming online at the moment as a result of these sort of mega trend changes that as you mentioned are all those sort of jobs. You know, they're, the, they're the kind of jobs that will really help make that difference, make that transition, and build this future system that we all want to see, which will support a green economy. So um, I think. Yes, it's a really difficult time. Yes, right mm. now it might seem like um, you know a particularly challenging time to be entering the workplace, but employers are you know planning for this change now, and the opportunities are starting to come up. And apprenticeships are always a fantastic opportunity to get into new professions. They've been available throughout the pandemic, which is you know saying something. Yep. Um, employers have really sort of put a lot of investment into apprenticeships even through the pandemic. So they, you know, they do provide a really, a really good path into some of these future sustainable careers. Yeah. And people who regularly listen to this podcast know that, that, that it's such a, a diverse way of, of getting into the world of work. You know, there's so many levels available, so many industries that they can go into with apprenticeships. What, what I really think that young people should take a lot of heart in as well, which is something I've always subscribed to, is that is that young voices, youth voices, the fact that you just said you have apprentices, they have a voice in this panel, which is a, which is fantastic. So any student listen to this knows that they've got a school council or something like that. If they're level three students, 17, 18 year olds, their voice is going to matter in this whole system that you're doing because you're having apprentices who are, who are feeding into this advisory board. And I just think that that's that's an even better way of saying you can be hopeful because your voice is being heard in this. 
So I'm really, really pleased to hear that. So thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about the kind of apprenticeships that are out there. So what, what kind of examples of those apprenticeship jobs are there? And can you name a few employers? Sure. We're just sort of working through, as I said, the list of apprenticeships at the moment to see which ones we think are already appropriate in the current form as green apprenticeships, which ones need some change, which additional ones we need. But to name check some, which we, you know, we're already quite excited about on the green front, we have, I'll just cut across a few different types here. Um, we have yep. a level two, which is a sort of um, GCSE equivalent dual fuel smart meter installer. So uh, yeah, as sort of as it would appear from the description, um, they would uh, be responsible for sort of developing some insight about the nature of uh, the need around smart meters, uh, what they do, uh, how they're helpful, selling them. They would install them and they would work with you know, other electricians to make sure they work with other systems. Quite a physical role, but also it's, you know, it's really important because uh, we have goals for how many smart meters are needed, of course. Yeah. Um, and you know, th th that kind of role is available from such a range of employers, you know, right from the massive ones like Amy and British Gas, right down to uh, you know, small employers, one-to-one, one-man band type employers. So um, you know, enormous amount of opportunity in that sort of space. At the other extreme, um, a chartered environmental practitioner degree, so that's level six. So that is much more on the kind of cross-cutting end of the scale. It's quite broad, it's growing. Um, it would look at things like conservation, waste management, pollution prevention. It would be employed across all types of sectors, like uh, you know, the public sector, universities, private sector. Um, and the kind of employers would be anything from sort of massive building companies like Mark McDonald to sort of big food companies like Jacobs through to the Environment Agency. So, you know, loads of types of organisations are recognised the need for that kind of cross-cutting role. So, I mean, I could give you about a thousand examples, um, <laughs> but the, the, the sort of just to, that was just to illustrate the kind of range of, of opportunities that are available. It's, it's really, really important that we get people into the industries which need to change. So the kind of, you know, the smart meters, the car industries, the electricians, the engineers, and that we have people who have that sort of broad skill set that can look across the various sectors to see what's needed so we have all types of roles available basically that's amazing yeah and it actually brings back a memory i can't remember what episode number it is i think it's episode 21 but we interviewed uh, a wind turbine technician apprentice the siemens uh, game messer and he was absolutely fantastic and he talked about the kind of things that he got up to uh, i think it's level four i think he was doing and he can progress into a degree i think here because we're, we're based in east anglis that's off the north sea coast so with, you know, as you can, as you know, there's loads and loads of wind turbines out there. And yeah, so that's just one example. And you've just given two there right from the level two. And that's important. Everybody do listen to previous podcast episodes because they do explain the level system and, and how that works. But yeah, so as I, as Anna just said, so level two is like the equivalent of a, of a GCSC. Now, if you're doing level threes, it doesn't mean you can't do a level two. Um, in fact, a lot of level two apprenticeships do actually allow you to progress into level four or higher. So and sometimes it's a good way of testing the water. So don't ignore those level two apprenticeships and necessarily restrict yourself to always go for the level fours or sixes. But a level six is a university degree, technically, because it's the equivalent of an undergrad, isn't it? And level seven is the equivalent of a master's. So there you go. We've got a range of things there. Wow. Amazing. Right. So, Anna, I could talk to you all day, but we do have to uh, wrap it up. So, I'd like you to uh, tell all the young people listening out there, what would be your final top tips? If you could say anything, any words of wisdom for them? I would say that it's an exciting time to be in the workforce. It might seem difficult right now, but it's a really exciting time. There's lots of variety of options coming up and it feels like we're at the beginning of a big change 
it feels like there's lots of different ways to get involved. So I would definitely recommend having a look at the, the different types of opportunities that there are out there, either through apprenticeships or other uh, methods to get into this, uh, in this environmental space. And as Kit said earlier, you know, to bring your voice into it, because it's so important that we hear from young people, you know, people at the beginning of their career, and that that influences the way that um, you know the, the careers develop. Because when we when we meet our 2050 commitments, you'll be the people in the driving seats. So you know, we need your yes. views in right from the start. So looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Anna, thank you so so much for joining me. This I've really really enjoyed our chat, and as I've said, I can I can most certainly talk a lot longer with you on this. Uh, but maybe we'll revisit in the future and see how things are progressing. Maybe. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our future podcasts at soundcloud.com slash take your place or on your favorite podcasting app. You can also find us on Instagram where we are at take your place underscore he on Twitter at take your place he and on Facebook at facebook.com slash take your place he. You can also email us with any questions, requests, or just to let us know what you think on info at takeyourplace.ac.uk. We very much welcome your feedback on this podcast episode. This will also help us to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible. To do this, please visit tinyurl.com forward slash tyapod. That's tinyurl.com forward slash tyapod. You can find the link also in the description.